I'm He Guangliang, the 13th NPC representative. I'm An Ran. I'm the deputy of the National People's Congress. I recognize this is a very great opportunity to speak to some deputies at the Congress. Often, you know, people say, oh, rubber stamp, when in fact, it's just a different system. And I think pushing through further reforms is the critical part of the 14th five-year plan. Three, two, one. Hi, I'm David Blair. I'm a vice president and senior economist at the Center for China and Globalization in Beijing. And I'm also writing a couple of books, a journalistic one and a theoretical one, on entrepreneurship and small businesses in China. Hi, I'm Michael Powers. I'm a professor of finance at the School of Economics and Management at Tsinghua University. I also hold a dual appointment at Schwarzman College at Tsinghua. Hi, I'm an American. My name is Einar Tangen. I've been a lawyer, a politician, an investment banker. I'm currently a commentator in China for the last 16 years. And I'm Miao, your host. For this China Chat episode, we're here at our Beijing studios to talk about the two sessions, the country's biggest annual political event. Gentlemen, today we have invited two national lawmakers to join us virtually. So let's welcome Mr. He, an entrepreneur from Guizhou province, and Ms. An, a college professor from Guangdong province. Uh, Mr. He, would you like to briefly introduce yourself first? Okay. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I'm He Guangliang, the 13th NPC the, the representative. And I'm working in the state-owned company for more than 30 years. Thank you. How about Ms. An? Could you tell us a bit more about yourself? I'm An Ran. I'm the deputy of the National People's Congress, and also I'm a professor in multicultural education at South China University in Guangzhou. Gentlemen, this is quite a rare opportunity. So if you have any questions that you'd like to ask our lawmakers, you may jump in here. Michael, do you have any questions? Sure. Um, okay. I, I recognize this is a very great opportunity to speak to some deputies at the Congress. And I wanted to take this, this chance to um, ask something about the level of detail at which topics are discussed. According to my experience, three years as a deputy, I realized actually uh, during the conference, we can have a very detailed discussion uh, Normally for the first day, we will have a state council report and it will be reported by Premier Lee. The report will be in the morning and in the, in the afternoon, then we will have a discussion and we will be in groups to discuss uh, the state council report and it will be in very detailed. So all this will be collected and the state council will have a very quick revision and after several days, they will give us another version and let us uh, to confirm whether it's acceptable or not. And then finally, we vote for that report. And I wanted to get a sense of yeah. to what extent a, de a deputy uh, such as Professor An could contribute. Uh, for example, this year, I have a proposal is uh, the Chinese Calligraphy Day. This is also related with my personal experience because I'm, uh, I'm doing the research in multicultural education and also I'm doing the research about Confucius Institute. 
And when I was in England as a student, I also as a voluntary teacher for Chinese language school. So I think it's worth to let more and more people to be interested in Chinese language and Chinese culture. So from my personal perspective, I raised that proposal. Aina, do you have any questions for any of them? What I want to do is clear up some misconceptions about the whole process. In the uh, Chinese system, what happens is there's an idea. It's sent uh, from the top all the way down to the village uh, basis. So imagine 1.4 billion people. It's distributed at the national level down to the provincial level, provincial level to the city level, all the way down to work units. And at the work units, everybody has to comment. They have to say how this can be harmonized with the overall strategy of the country, all right? And, and then say how in particular mm -hmm. they're going to do this. So by the time it percolates up again, all right, to the NPC for real action, it is the culmination of millions of hours of work so it's a very, very different process from what we have you know, used to in the United oh, States uh, actually, or in Europe. I'm quite familiar with, I belong oh, okay. to a work unit. Actually, oh, okay, well, perfect. Okay. And that's, that's really important because the people who are watching this are not aware of the differences. So it's a very, very, very different. And that's why often, you know, people say, oh, rubber stamp, when in fact, it's just a different system. So I'd like to hear uh, what Mr. Her would like to say on mm -hmm. that one. I think he understands the Chinese system quite well. Uh, in fact, this conference annually, this is the, the final stage to review and to appraise, uh, you know, to evaluate. Before that, as he described, you know, it, it has been processed, you know, for many, many times and up and down, down and up, you know, the, in the in the uh, relative, you know, the field, the relative profession. I'm wondering what will happen in the two sessions to encourage the spread of dynamism throughout the country and also to ensure that the prosperity spreads to everybody in the country, not only relieving poverty, but also encouraging people to really be prosperous. I believe that the country will assign more and more resources to this field. Uh, in this way to increase the uh, comp competitiveness uh, of the economy and uh, to make it more efficient. And uh, so the in all uh, walks of life, this will be the same requirement. So people from other countries have also sent in their questions. Here's the first one. Hi, China Chat. My name is Luria. I am from Antigua and Barbuda. I'm a student studying Chinese. My question is, how do you become a lawmaker in China? I came back to China in 2004, and in 2008, our university recommended me as a member of the People's Consultative, uh, Political Consultative uh, Conference in Guangdong province. And I worked as that member for two runs, that is 10 years. And after that, in 2018, I was elected as deputy. So we, are, we elected in Guangdong province, we have five deputies. They represent the returned overseas Chinese. So I'm one of them. I'm Naomi. I'm from Burundi in East Africa. I've been in Beijing for about five years. 
and I'm a student in international business. My question today is, why does China have a five-year plan? And what happened to the previous plans? Sure. Go ahead, <laughs> I go mean, ahead. Uh, well, I, I write books on this, so oh, <laughs> that's why. Oh, perfect I then. <laughs> Tell us more. So uh, let's take poverty alleviation. In 2016, when they did the last five-year plan, it, one of the priorities for 2020 was to eradicate extreme poverty. You have a situation where there's planning, but there's also process. What we talked about before, going up and down, uh, right down to the work unit. What are you going to do to help this process? And there were assignments because it was uh, a, a process where they had to look at the individual, the family, uh, the village, mm -hmm. and also the districts. And they had to make decisions at each level about what the appropriate solution was. So over this five-year period, it's not like they snapped the finger and said, victory, all right? This was a situation where it was day-by-day -day progress. And even despite COVID-19 and the disruption they had, um, it was the, the leadership said, look, this is important. We will finish this. Now, there are dates. This idea of having economic opportunity, getting rid of poverty, increasing the level of access to social services. Right? These are the things that a lot of people in China associate with basic human rights. I think Aina probably has given some of the best examples to show that why China is having a five-year plan and how previous plans have been turning to results. So I would like to know whether... I, oh, go ahead. I'd like to add something on the purpose of the 14th five, of, of the five-year plans. Uh, they are more overall guidance as to where we're going to make our big investments and where our government officials have to concentrate their efforts. One of the purposes of the five-year plan is to push through the reforms that China has needed to make. Mm -hmm. One thing that really impresses me is the series of reforms starting 40 years ago but really increasing in the last 20 years and even increasing more in the last five years. China in the last five years has been pushing a number of market-based reforms. But the next five years, or the next, especially the next 10 years, are really crucial because China is reaching the point where it's a high middle-income economy. So achieving that next step is really crucial for the five-year plan. And I think pushing through further reforms is the critical part of the 14th five-year plan. Hi, China Chat. My name is Daniel Morales from Mexico, and I am a professor at the Sun Yat-sen University. My question is, what are China's actions to promote or regulate the digital economy in the coming years? Uh, my understanding is that, uh, firstly, this uh, digital economy can develop a, a kind of uh, economy independently. You know, in this way, to contribute to the economy development. Secondly, in the real economy, the industry, uh, I think this contribution will be demonstrated in the combine, you know, combining the real economy with the digital information. And I'd like to add one thing on digital technology in China. It, it's, the situation here is quite different than in my home country, the United States. First of all, they're less, the companies here, they're large, but they're less monopolistic. If you look at, say, e-commerce, it's dominated by Amazon in the United States. Here you have Alibaba, and you have Jingdong, and you have Pinduoduo, and you have ByteDance is jumping in. You have lots of other companies. Mm -hmm. The other thing I want to put out, point out is how rural e-commerce is really helping transform the economy. 
You have thousands of so-called Taobao villages around the country where people are taking advantage of the ability to produce stuff and then sell it online and raise their incomes dramatically. So I, I think uh, China's doing a very good job of using digital technology to improve the lives of ordinary people. I just want to say China's doing a very good job of not only encouraging competition, but spreading the benefits mm -hmm. throughout society. Thank you, Mr. Hu and Ms. An for joining us, and also thank you for those who have sent in their questions. And so there's so much to talk about regarding these two sessions with our experts on China Chat, so stay tuned.